episode of the British and Irish Eagles podcast and I'm back I am back some of you may be wishing I was still away after my two co-hosts Mick and Phil did a incredible job of hosting in my absence while I was on the sunny shores of Mauritius and I know um, you heard me uh, for a couple of minutes on these podcasts while I took some time out to send you guys some voice notes really enjoyed your anecdotal responses to those when I was away. It helped pass the time while I was um, by the pool. Uh, Katie was reading her book and I was flicking through my fantasy teams and listening to the podcast and reading up on all the news and happenings for the Eagles. I managed to um, catch some of the games while I was out there live. Unfortunately, most of them were like in the middle of the night because Eagles, for some reason, are playing prime time nearly every single week uh, this year. But it's good to be back. It's good to be back on UK soil. It's good to see some grey clouds, a bit of rain. He had the heating on today for the first time, which is crazy um, from where I've just been. But um, hey, look, excited to be back. Excited to see the Eagles 4-0 and excited to get into this podcast. How are you, Mick? Oh, fantastic, mate. Fantastic that I know it's not my turn to host again because me and Phil were taking taking turns and Phil went first, I went second, I thought, oh, is it going to roll around to me again? People have to listen to me fumbling my way through the podcast, but no, Liam returns, everything is right again in the world and we're all happy that you're back and um, excited to get into a little bit of Eagles this this week after we go for and home, we've got an, another game coming up this weekend, so a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. Absolutely. Uh, the, the most unconvincing 4 0, uh, it seems, um, in, in the league. Uh, uh, well, there's only two of them. Stop it. Uh, Stop two, two of them left. Um, but, but you, you know, I, I, I'm, saying that, I'm saying that's what you would think if you looked at the Eagles media uh, and you listened to the people talking on X. But anyway, we're going to get into that. Phil, how are you, sir? A few weeks into your new job now, all settled in. You, uh, how are you, how you feeling? How are you doing? What's been going on? Um, been busy sort of carrying this pod while you've been off on your holiday. <laughs> um, it's not like <laughs> nah, it's, it's hard work. Um, I, can't, I can't do it very often. Um, I don't enjoy doing it. Um, needs must. We got through it, but yeah, no, it's good to have you back and taking over so I can just sit back and give my fence takes as normal. But yeah, yeah, the uh, the job's going well. Thanks. It's um slow slow starts but you know i'm not complaining i'm getting paid either way so yeah exactly just, yeah, i think i might have some fence takes today as well you know he's sliding so, in my dms on the regular liam i'll have you know he's he's on that skype and he's typing away asking me about trades and stuff like that on super well, i'm not surprised <laughs> because liam no liam sorry um i've got to put the truth on the table here okay all right God. mick was the one posting trades to me I just chose to communicate through uh, the secure, um, encrypted tunnel between BAE employees. It wasn't um, for Jalen Hurts by any chance, was it? No, no. Because no, I, no. I, in one of my leagues last week, I, you know, I was zero and three. I've got thirty leagues. More fool me for having thirty leagues. So one of them, I was zero and three. 
and I kind of put out a message there saying fire sale. Um, and, and I put the put the guys I was happy to get rid of on the trade block to be chopped, to be taken up by someone else who was in win now mode. And I got this little message from Mick McGivern. Um, you know what? You know you can say like uh, you like a player, like you, you, you're interested in a player. <laughs> Mick, 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 Mick's clicked on Jalen Hurts on my team, saying he's interested in Jalen Hurts. I didn't even, I didn't even text him. I didn't even WhatsApp him. I didn't even respond to to, to the notification <laughs> sleeper. I just completely ignored his ridiculousness um, by by even contemplating the fact that I might be willing to part with. Um, my soulmate. I'll say um, the same thing I said to to Phil. Just just hit the rebuild button, mate. Just let me sail on and and win the league, and you you just rebuild. That's fine. <laughs> um, but Mick, also, Mick, Mick came into oh, me for for Jordan Love, and I was trying to sort of counter with um, Dobbs or whatever his name is, the, oh, the yeah. Arizona quarterback. I was like, why can't you have him instead? I want to keep Jordan Love. <laughs> I don't know. I reckon Dubs could be a better play long term than Jordan Love. Well, 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 Mick had his we'll chance. See. It's gone now. So it's gone. <laughs> tough love, tough love, Mick. Tough love. Um, and, and also, I'm, I'm not surprised to hear you guys communicating on Skype. So I'm, I'm sitting down this morning after my ice bath, which I've been doing over the last three, four days. Highly recommended. He was listening in. Put that cold water on the bath. Fill it up to the top. Get in there for a few minutes. Makes you feel incredible for the rest of the day. Um, just got down, sat downstairs, got my eggs and soldiers, which I've been eating this week as well. <laughs> Throw back to the old days. I've been having eggs and soldiers, two, two, two really boiled eggs, two pieces of toast, nice and chopped up with a bit of butter on there. Your mum would be proud of me. She would, she would. Um, sitting down there and I get a little message from, from Phil on WhatsApp saying, are you, you busy this morning? I'm looking at my diary. It's like chock-a-block. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty busy. Why? What's up? He said, oh, I wonder really if you fancy it. I wonder if you fancy a little, a little coffee, a little coffee chat online. And I was like, okay, I like that. All right, okay, I can get into this. Had a little look at the diary. As a spot there, a half eleven. I can maybe. I'll send them a little Teams, a little Teams um, invite. You could join on the browser. Unfortunately, it hit, hit eleven twenty-nine, and you know the meetings were overrunning, and I, I had to blow you off, Phil. I'm sorry. You know, you had no intention to turn up. You just strung me along. Poor choice of words, by the way. And you just let me down. <laughs> what, what was that, Mick? Poor choice of words. <laughs> oh, you know, I know. Um, anyway, anyway, listen. Let's let's talk about. Well, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know you know what's going to go on. We're going to go in a little bit of news. Talk about the birds uh, this week. What's been going on on the IR wa- waiver? What's been going on with injuries? Any any new? acquisitions of which there is one if you've been living under a rock we'll let you know who that is shortly we're going to talk through the win versus the washington commanders the commies as they're not so affectionately known 34 31 win for philadelphia which does take them to 4-0 we'll of course talk about the good the bad and the damn right sexy as we do every week before looking forward to the rams preview the two and two rams who the eagles are playing on the in the afternoon slot at US time, uh, the 9.25 p.m. slot if you're listening in the UK and Ireland uh, this coming Sunday. Uh, how many six o'clock games do we have this week? Is it like this year? Is it like two? Three. Three. And two, Three of them are, two of them are commanders. And the other, one, uh, the other one I think is Arizona. Brilliant. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's madness. But we'll get into we'll get into that another time. Um, maybe that's maybe that's the 
the NFL showing Eagles a lot of respect. You know, they want they want to see us. They want to see the best teams play. You know, I want to see the best teams play in prime time. So um, listen, we'll get into the, the Rams preview as well. But before we go any further, uh, just some news to update everyone on. Um, Cam Jurgens unfortunately left the game last week and is likely to be sidelined for a few weeks. Just want to jump in, Mick, straight away to you here. Yes. Sua Apeta um, was the guy who fronted up during the game uh, when Jurgens went down. He did okay. Okay might even be a little bit um, generous. Tyler Steen, of course, uh, was our third round pick this year out of the draft and has been trained up in that position and also could be a future tackle for the Eagles. Um, oh, Petter or Steen, who are you going with this Sunday? This Sunday, it has to be Sue Pet. I think the Eagles have even communicated themselves or indicated that that will be the case. Um, Sue Opeta, how long has he been with the Eagles now? It must be quite a few years. It seems to be one of these guys. That's 1927, always... I think, he joined. <laughs> he's always hung around the roster. And, you know, he's a graduate from Stoutland University. Yes. Uh, and he plugged into the offensive line fairly well, I think. Um, taking all the snaps of right guard after, uh, like you said, after Jurgens went down. And interestingly enough, I was just looking. I was just looking up some of his PFF stats on the game when he did come in, and his pass blocking rate, well, he led the team in his pass blocking rate. So. Oh, I've been a bit harsh here, haven't I, but saying say he was around average. Okay, fair enough. A little bit. Um, and his run blocking wasn't great. It was actually the worst of the team. So you've got oh, your okay. highs, you've got average. your lows. Maybe average so, then. Yeah, we can, yeah, we can give you that. So, so he's right. somewhere about Phil. Um <laughs> so we're about Phil. He's on the fence. Well, you're, you're not talking about his podcasting capabilities here, right? You're talking about absolutely the not. Never. Okay. Just the fence. Um, no, Sue Pea is, is you know, he, he can slot right into that position, and I'm sure, you know, it will be a matchup to look at when we come to talk about the Rams game. I'm sure mm-hmm. with what they have on the defensive interior, Cough, Cough, Arm Donald, but. He's more than capable of doing a job in there. Uh, Tyler Steen, whilst he was taking most of the reps at right guard during training camp, and we weren't sure if that was quite going to be a battle. Uh, Cam Jurgens obviously, you know, won that battle with, with relative ease, and Steen was taking quite a few snaps at tackle. You know, so he can do quite a lot. Um, it hasn't been elevated a lot this season so far. Um, Tarstein seems to be uh, inactive on most game days. I expect him to be active this week, uh, just in case we need someone to, to slot in there. If, if another lineman goes down, let's knock on some wood on that one. But uh, so better, I've got confidence in him. Yeah. And so does Nick Sirianni. He came out to say that he played an unbelievable game on Sunday. Um, he didn't play a lot last year, but in 2021, we won some games with him on the field. It will be his sixth start. Um, on the offensive line for the Eagles, and it's his fifth year as an undrafted um, free agent, uh, another undrafted free agent, you another late game. round um, pick for the Birds as part of the Stanford University. You'd want to talk about Halapuna Vitae, um, who was a fifth round pick. You would look at Jason Kelsey as a sixth round pick, Jordan Mailata as a seventh round pick, and and um, and Sua Peda as an undrafted um, free agent. I know Vitae is no longer with us, but. 
I mean, that's that's a sixth round pick, a seventh round pick, and a undrafted free agent as three of the five starting offensive linemen for the birds this coming Sunday. That's pretty impressive <laughs> for for um, Stoutland. Um, Phil, you're, you're the same mind here. You, you expect to see Sua Pet out there. I don't, I don't think I think there's anything to suggest that he won't be. Are you looking forward to seeing perhaps? Tyler Steen come in and make a few snaps to see what he's capable of. Perhaps if we're um, leading by a couple of scores in the game, if if that will even happen. Well, I think the Eagles will try to go through the the path of least resistance, and up pairs obviously makes more sense. It's just the, the the head the head pick. I think we'd all like to see Tyler Steen as well get some get some first team reps on field and see how it does but it's sort of from my eyes at the moment we're we're trying to maximize the fact that this is the easy part of our schedule as well in relative terms so i think we need to get to as many and oh as possible before we suffer that first defeat and this isn't the time to to fuck around and find out for lack of a, a better term um it's a case of let's get through these games let's win the games we're supposed to win and then when we get to that hard schedule um part of the schedule if we do lose a few games then we've kind of got a few in the bank, so to speak. So I think it makes perfect sense to go with a pair. Fafo, you heard it here first. Fuck it, fuck around and find out. Fafo. To, to turn <laughs> it's like that meme where the the guy drawing the graph, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, I'm going to have to make that and tweet it yeah, out yeah. now. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's going to happen. Um, all right, we're in the news um, side of things here and uh, and, and but breaking news um, because the Eagles injury report has just been released. Uh, we were going to talk about um, Fletcher Cox next anyway, so let's move straight to Fletcher Cox. He did not practice again today for the second day in a row. This is Thursday. We're talking about I hold no hope now for Fletcher Cox starting on uh, Sunday. He had an epidural um, injection into his back, um, which is nothing to be sniffed about um and he, he he's not gonna play i mean like he's not officially out I, I i'm gonna go out there on a limb and say now fletcher cox is not suiting up this sunday i'll be very surprised if he does he's certainly trending to be out uh, he did not practice today alongside cam jurgens and marlon Tuapoloto also did not practice today with a tricep injury so um well defensive tackle we're gonna get a little bit of uh, Williams, a little bit of um, Davis, a little bit of Carter, trifecta. I can see that jersey right behind you there, Mick, looking nice in that Kelly Green. Um, Jalen Carter, he's, he's also the password to my laptop. I probably shouldn't say that live on air, but there you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's my new password. Hey, it, there's more to it than just Jalen Carter. I, I got some weird numbers in there. You know, I got some. One ninety-eight. Some, I, I got some characters in there. You know, I'm not giving away the total thing, but yeah, all right. All Jalen right, Carter's right, my all guy. Right, all right, all right, all right. I mean, even before I started my my new role, digital cybersecurity assurance, I knew that was a bad idea. Now that's going to be my job to make sure there's people like you know better. So, yeah, exactly. One hundred percent. I actually did my cybersecurity <laughs> training at work the other day, so I really hope well, it's clearly no you didn't listen to the business. <laughs> <laughs> um, Can I just uh, say though, like Fletcher Cox, what a warrior this guy is. He he's having has, a good year as well. He has played through some amount of pain in order for him to have an epidural, something that they give women for childbirth. 
to take away the pain that he's got on his back. I mean that just alone, just that is ridiculous. And I and I thought when once I read it, I thought, okay, he's going to. He, unfortunately, Fletcher's going to be out for you know I don't know four weeks, something like that. They may put him on the IR. And then the next, the very next line, Ian Rappaport, I think it was from NFL Media, had tweeted out. You don't consider it serious. Fletcher will probably maybe miss one game. Yeah. And that that blows my mind. Mm. Be- because that, <laughs> I mean, to be under that much pain and just, and, and to take it and, you know, and, and just work past it. Like Fletcher Cox, I know what we've said in the past and that, you know, he was becoming, you know, a bit of a shadow of himself and, um, back. We, we weren't sure if we wanted that to renew his contract after he became a free agent in the off-season. I know we took him on that one-year deal um, that he's obviously playing on now and he wanted to come back. And I mentioned that on last week's podcast when I was talking to Phil, that Fletcher Cox has been an absolute mentor for Jalen Carr, who we've also spoken yeah, about. And, I mean, the value that we're getting out of this guy, I think he's had one of them, like, best seasons that he's ever had in a Philadelphia jersey. Um, and he's generated so many pressures on the offensive line on the limited snaps that he's actually taken. Fletcher Cox is a massive loss for us this weekend if he doesn't play. And, I mean, just massive props to the guy. I mean, I just got to hand it to him. That's unbelievable what he's, what he's um, put himself, putting him and his body through for this team. Do you know the average um, career for a defensive lineman in the NFL is 3.2 years? Is it? Wow. Yeah. How long has Fletcher been playing? Fletcher's 32. I think he's in his 10th He's in his tenth year, 10th or his 11th year at the Eagles. He's turning 20. I'm pretty sure he'll be turning 33. This could be, this is probably, this is probably the last year we see Fletcher in, in green, right? Would you say? But- we said this. We said this very thing last year, didn't we? We said this two years ago. Well, and we say the same thing about Jason Kelsey, and it seems to be the same thing. Either either side of the line, we've got these two guys, these two warriors, um, and the, and I think but the, Jason the Kelsey is the best in the, is, it's just he's the that, best in the league. Yes, the, of course. Jason Kelsey best in the league. Fletcher Cox was a top three defensive tackle in the league three four years ago, and he yeah, did yeah. have ten sacks last year. But so did everyone else in the Eagles <laughs> defensive line. <laughs> <laughs> the defensive line was eaten last year, <laughs> It's the one position that we don't have a huge amount of fragility in. So we have a lot of depth in it and mm. we have a lot, of, a lot of quality players coming Well, not this weekend, <laughs> but yeah. General, well, we have yeah. the cover for it, don't we? So we, we have the exciting yeah. talent. Like, yes, the only yeah. the loss is the way Fletcher Cox has been playing so far this season, not we still have four healthy defensive tackles Overall. going into the weekend. Yeah. If you said to me before the start of the season you're going to lose Fletcher Cox somewhere through the season, you'd be like, "Well, he's you know he's not he's not going to make, he's not going to intend the intent is not going to be for him to be the main 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 guy. He's he's made himself that guy with his performances so far. So we've got a lot of talent come through, and, and on top of that, the argument for me is that he might actually have benefit from said talent coming behind him so we don't need to play him against the Rams if we don't have to because we've got a reasonable amount to come in behind him so we could we could definitely survive and 
if that's the case, then Fletcher Cox doesn't need to be playing every snap every game for the rest of the season, which could come to the end of the season. He could be thinking actually on a um, sort of a less intense basis, could play maybe another season or two because he's not... Yeah, bit of a Brandon Graham role. It could, it could end up going I'm not saying it will, and it might. you might well be right, guys. This is his last season. It just feels like if he have, has a really good season, if we can get him, much how we look at the running back room, we don't need to play... We got Penny in. We, you know, he might, he might not, might not end up turning out that way. But the intent was that, oh yeah, he's always injured. But because we don't need to play him every down, we might actually get more productivity out of him for a longer period than than any other team has. So you could apply that same logic and say that you know, it's not, it's not the, it's not the end of the world. But yeah, epidural. Well, I'll tell you one thing that's exciting, Phil. Like we mm. should see a, uh, an increased snap count for Jalen Carter this coming weekend. It was surprising how little he played about. towards the end of the game, I will say, against the Commanders. I noticed that he wasn't in for many snaps towards the end of the game, just when we sort of really needed that that beast to just obliterate the Commanders. Obviously, there's reasons for it. and um, He didn't have as impactful as a game as he has done. No, um, it felt very much at the moment we need him, specifically the last um, drive for the Commanders was... Not good, but we'll get into that in a second. Um, absolutely. Uh, so just rounding off the injury report there, Sydney Brown, limited practice, hamstring injury. Uh, good news in the safety position, though, is Justin Evans is a full participant in practice with uh, the neck injury that he's been dealing with, and that kept him out of the game last week against the Commodores. Um, and Quez Watkins is also a full practice and with a hamstring injury, Quez will be good to go. I know it's hamstring, but if he's full practice, then he'll be good to go this coming Sunday. No doubt about that whatsoever. Uh, Britton Covey was catching balls in uh, at punt, oh. punts. What's that? <laughs> oh, I missed. I missed that. Uh, Britton Covey uh, was catching balls um, in. <laughs> oh no! I see. Okay. Uh, Britton Covey was catching um, punts. Uh, in practice today, and uh, looks like he is—he was limited, but looks like he'll be coming out of concussion protocol um, for this coming Sunday as well. So things are looking up for the birds uh, in terms of their injury designations against the Rams, who are also dealing with some injuries of their own. And um, just touching on Sydney Brown a little bit there, um, he has been impressive while he's been out there for the birds, and uh, I don't know. I don't know whether this person's in the bad part of the good, the bad, and the damn sexy because I've just lost my um, my drive here for a second. Uh, but I was really not enamored at all with um, Edmonds. He is in. He is in there. We'll talk about him in a minute then. Uh, and I Spoiler. do not have any. Yeah, sorry about that. I do not have any faith whatsoever in Edmonds after what I saw this Sunday. I think he was the worst player on the pitch by a country mile. Um, and um, anyway, we'll get into that in a minute. But yeah, looking like uh, Sydney Brown may be around. Justin Evans is back. So you're definitely going to see Blankenship and Evans uh, rock up in the safety positions. Hopefully Brown is back to play that third um, safety role. They did, and, and then the change. And um, hopefully Edmonds um, never wears green again. Anyway, uh, so let's look at the game. Let's get into the good, the bad, and the damn right sexy. And because we've been talking about it, should we just go to the bad first? I just get it over with rather than jumping around and going back to it. Let's just go straight to the bad. Um, 
let's um, start off with a guy I've already been talking about, Chase Ed- um, Chase, Chase Edmonds. That's a different player altogether. Um, Edmonds had a woeful game, in my opinion. I've already talked about it. Had a chance to intercept Hal in the end zone. Um, looping pass was ridiculous. Can't believe he didn't catch it. He looked like he was in no man's land all day. Um, and I'm just really not impressed whatsoever. Can, can either of you talk me out of my opinion of how bad Edmonds was this Sunday gone? Phil's on mute. That's fine. On mute. fine. Fine, fine, Phil. Fine. So I, Talk I, me I, went, I, I tried to have a cough and I had the cough and I forgot. Um, yeah, no, it was it was terrible. The um, the pass into the end zone that was tipped, sort of looping in, it, it felt like it was just waiting for him to fall into his hands and then somehow, I know there was a couple of players around him and it might not have been completely straightforward, but it's looked for all intents and purposes that he should have just caught it. He had every chance, maybe got distracted or put off by players around him. Boy, his hair. <laughs> but, the, but the game could have been very different because that, that point in the game was, um, it was still quite close. And, and I think that was when the commanders took the 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 lead um, into that. I think it was when they were 14-7 up. And I think it was for when they went for the ended up being held to a field goal but still an interception keeps it at um, 14-7 and allows us to sort of tie the game at 14 or rather than waiting until we get to uh, 17 points later so it contains the, the, the flow of the game but um, it's just not been great so um, it's good to have some players coming back off the injury report as well so yeah definitely Mick do you agree you don't want to see Edmonds on the pitch again there no, and uh, it was it was really a quite a downing game on Edmonds. It, uh, I think everyone is sort of piling on him, and you know quite rightly because he, he did next to nothing in in the game that, that I could see. And any time he was targeted, they just he, he gave up. Um, he played quite a lot of box snaps, um, you know, for your strong safety. You want to see him making some pivotal tackles, especially in the run game. He had two tackles all game, Liam. That's not what you mm, want to see from no. a strong safety. Um, Reed is probably, you know, trying to pick up the um, try to pick up the rest of the bill. Didn't he get uh, bounced out of bounds as well on one play where he was trying to stop a, a, a receiver and he just got like literally ran over as well. I'm pretty sure yeah. that happened at one point. Yeah, again. it just—it just, it wasn't a, an a press, impressive outing for him. Uh, he's not the starter, right enough. I mean, I mean we, we thought during no. training camp he was going to be. Obviously, we've had injury trouble in here, and Justin Evans is technically our starter in that position. And whether or not that's valid is is another discussion entirely. But mm. um, he was put in the position just to. To fill in, but he seemed to have a lot of communication problems, and I think that is really what it drills down to in this game entirely. Not just for Terrell Edmonds, but the other cornerbacks, even the veteran cornerbacks and the linebackers, there was just no cohesion for the game plan at all. There was Washington players wide open consistently in this game, and and Sam Howell, Sam fucking Howell, was carving his. I knew us in that game. He did look good, and I've said on this podcast, I think he is quite a decent quarterback. You have actually, uh, and 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 it was drafted far. And I thought you were talking out your fucking arse when you did as well. <laughs> yeah, but uh, 
honestly, it's it's just. I mean, you expect a bit more from Tyrrell Edmonds being, you know, in the league for so long. He was with the Steelers, and you know, he's got a bit of, you know, pedigree behind him, and you know, experience behind him. You'd expect him to play a little bit better than than he has shown so far for us. But um, I'm with you. I'd be absolutely fine if I never saw him in Eagles jersey again after that display mm. on Sunday. Yeah, it was pretty awful. Um, Darius Slay allowed 10 receptions on 11 targets for 126 yards and a pass rating of 114.4. Slay hasn't been great this year. I haven't seen Slay have a good game this year. Has he been in the good part of the good, the bad, and the more sexy this year so far? Hasn't Sorry. really been mentioned too much. Which normally uh, isn't the worst thing in the world, but um, Evans was all over him when we played the box. Evans put up 100 yards like... against Slay. We have to go check that. Yeah. Go on, I Phil. Think he's, no, he's, he seems to have like a, an Achilles heel against Terry McLaurin. It just feels like for the last... Or just good wide receivers. Like no, what no, happened when he... Justin Jefferson, he got torched. Evans, he got torched. McLaurin, he's, he's got a... torched. Did he get torched by Evans? Am I making that up? Those sort of players, yeah, it was last season, but he held those sort of players. He was a, a, a lockdown corner last season just because he's not had... The whole team's been a bit sluggish at the block, so I'm not I'm not going to start hitting on Slay for, for, for being in the bad corner. He's old, man. Week. He's old. He could be going down the other side. But, I mean, that's not putting any punches here. What's he done this year to show you I mean, anything? At the end of the day, we're just going to just ignore the fact that he had an interception pick six against the Patriots. And he could have had so. a few picks this season. I feel like he keeps mm-hmm. dropping interceptions. I'm not. No, I'm. I'm. I'm going to stick up for Slay. I really feel like it's. It's. It's too easy just to start going. Oh, he's in the bad club. Oh, he's had a really bad season. Oh, blah, 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 blah. I think McLaurin seems to have his number. I think it's one of those players where. He just seems to just have a bad game against him. He so does. Chalk- he does. It's always McLaurin. I don't know what it is. Chalk- I'm choking it there. Yeah, it's not only it McLaurin. It's Je- I mean Jeff. I know it's Jefferson, but like Jefferson put up um, 160 yards against Slay. 160 Ooh. yards against Slay. I know it's Jefferson. He does it to everyone, but he put 160 yards up um, against Slay. If you look at the, if you look at McLaurin. Um, this game just gone by. McLaurin put up 86 yards. Um, Evans put up 60 yards and a touchdown. Maybe that's not too bad. Um, the Patriots oh, are walking just... it back now. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not all against, like, some of the matchups are against Lee, but not, not every single rep is against Lee. Um, I'll give him a little bit of a break, but. Yeah, he has, he has to do better, especially against Terry McLaurin. He just seems to be like... He's supposed total... to be a top five, top six corner in the league. He, he's he's not played to that level this year so far. And he is 32 years of age at the cornerback position. One of only three players in the league who are that age as a starting corner. So. Yeah, and this is the problem. I mean, we've got... We've got Slay, who is a good caliber starting cornerback. And we have Bradbury, who... You know, mirrors him on the oh, other well, side. Last year, but because we're we're asking Bradbury to fill in the slot, and we're putting Joe on the outside, we're hurting ourselves in this in this defensive position. We're tr- trying to move too many pieces into too many places. And that was going to be my 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 point as well. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it is. But you're right, Phil. It's, it's a problem. 
there's there's been a lot of tur- churn and turnover. So I think last season we was just solid. The all three positions: Bradbury, Maddox, Slay, all locked down, and it was not even a concern for us. This 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 season is the biggest area of weakness, and moving people around. I'm not saying I'm not trying to explain away too much, but that's going to have an impact on one particular side. If the other side is in absolute turmoil and players being put into different positions, it's it's going to highlight those kind of weaknesses more than when you consider them as a threesome rather than individuals working Hello. together. It's just not going to be that. But I'm, hoping, <laughs> I'm just hoping it's going to be. It's going to be one of these podcasts. Uh, guys, I apologise. I missed something on the news and it, it seems like the right moment to bring it in because we're talking about um, Maddox going down and that is the Eagles did make a signing uh, this week. They signed uh, Robbie. Roby. I don't know how you're pronouncing it there. Um, Roby, I'm going to go with. Um, yep. was reading an article today. So he is a nine-year veteran uh, cornerback, by the way. He was released by the Saints this year, just gone by after the 2022 season. He um, is a nine-year vet. As I said, he's won the, he won the Super Bowl in his second year in 2015 with the Denver Broncos. He has 126 career games, 85 uh, passes defended, 11 interceptions, and 370 tackles. He has played most of his time on the inside a corner and a lot in the nickel position which obviously is where Maddox went down Desai has come out to say that he wants to get a match fit and learn the defense I was reading an article today um, from Josh Tolentino of the Philadelphia Inquirer and um, he said that um, he's been keeping um, in very much good health and fitness, obviously not quite match fit, which is what the side wants him to get to before he's elevated to the first team. A um, few more tidbits on uh, Robbie, who, which you can read in the Inquirer, or I can list off to you now. Um, and that is he trains with Slay and has trained with Slay every off season in Texas. So Slay is very keen and happy to have him on the squad, was enthusiastic about him when asked um, in the interview in the Inquirer today by Josh. Um, he also mentioned that his phone blew up after he was released by the Saints um, in the offseason and that he did, made the decision to not just jump on any um, phone call from any team. He wanted to wait and see which teams were doing well in the win-loss um, brackets in their records and also would be affected by injuries and said that it's worked out perfectly for him because he's now had a chance to join a Super Bowl caliber team in the Eagles and is really looking forward to making an impact. He also has experience playing with Zach Cunningham and Justin Evans, which helps when you look at the back seven of the Eagles, which is a little bit of a worry at the moment. He's not a sexy signing. I don't think we'll go as far as saying that, um, but he could be a steady signing. And I think if we have a steady veteran cornerback who can play in the slot position, who isn't going to be flashy, isn't going to get... More, you know, loads of interceptions during the year, um, but can defend over the middle and can can stop some of those big plays we saw against us from Hal last week and allow Bradbury to go back to his um, Pro Bowl position um, alongside Slay on, on um, in, 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 in their positions, then I think um, that's a win for the Birds. So uh, just just initial thoughts, Mick, on, on, on the, Ro- the Roby signing and... Um, not sexy, but seems like a stout bit of business from Mr. Roseman again. Yeah, it's, it's one of these um, low floor, high ceiling signings. 
where he's, he's taking a gamble on a guy he's just you know throwing some snaps his way and hopefully he can come in and do a job before you know we get to the trade deadline which is the, the 31st of this month so that the time is dwindling down to where the Eagles can identify where our problem areas are and it's quite obvious at the moment where our problems areas are and that's in, in the slot so we can get Bradbury back out wide where he needs to be and uh, uh, safety um, so for how he just starts throwing darts at this point in the season it gives him a number of weeks so he might not be elevated for this week against the Rams it may be a bit too close is it a dart Mick? I mean, this yeah, it is a little bit of a dart he, I mean, he's that, played nearly every game in the last nine years for his teams yeah but I mean he's See, I see and I hear a lot about the hype that Bradley Roby is getting and that his phone was apparently blowing up. Well, according um, to him anyway. <laughs> and that's, and that is exactly yeah. the point I'm getting at. Is that yeah. this, if this guy was worth his salt, he wouldn't have been on the street. He wouldn't be able to just pick him up easily yeah. at this point in the season, four games in. I'm sure there are other teams around the league that are looking for a nickel corner, a slot corner. Um, they could do with their services. And the fact that he was saying, you know, he's, he's waiting on the right team, the right position. I I don't buy that personally. I'm sorry, I just don't buy it. Um, he, was wait, he was waiting on a phone call coming. And uh, it did, fortunately for him, come in the way of the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, he's got a chance to... To, to make an impression on this team because we, we do have the need straight away. It's not as if he's going to just be uh, rotting on you know the bench. He's, we, we obviously do have that need for him to come in, play the position, learn the defence and start playing straight away. Um, and he's got a number of weeks to try and make that position his own. So we've got, I think, like I said, I think it's too soon for the Rams game. It's possibly he's elevated for the Jets game. Uh, after that, we've got the Dolphins, which will be a massive, massive test for him. And I'm sure Howie will be watching very closely this position ahead of the trade deadline towards the end of the month. So it gives him the opportunity to do his best. And hopefully he can perform. But I'm not, I'm not getting my hopes up just now. But... Uh, like you said, it's a guy who's a veteran, and I spoke a, I spoke a little bit earlier about communication in that defensive secondary, about the cornerbacks, about Slay, about uh, you know having you know Terrell Edmonds behind them, having Justin Evans behind them. These guys are all you know plugging in. We're, I'm not quite sure who's got the green dot at the moment, but the communication doesn't seem quite there. It's like, are you covering this guy? you covering that guy and that's why receivers just seem to be so wide open so if we're bringing in a veteran hopefully there's that brings a little bit of stability into the position because he'll be able to recognize what the offense is is, is doing and and you know someone shouts over him you know what the play calls i'm not an ex and nose guy but you know if the guy and that's taking the the call off with the size is saying you know we're doing blah 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 we're doing this he knows straight away what the call is and what his role is in the defence. You know, he's not a guy clean off the street, straight off of um, the draft process. 
Um, not quite sure what his assignment is. He knows what his assignment is because he's been in the league that long. And he, and he said as much in, in his interview today in the Inquirer. He said, I've been in the league nine years. I've played for a few teams. There's only so many schemes you can run on defense. So IQ-wise, there's not going to be much for him to, to learn. So Mick, even he clearly didn't read it, but you're you're on the money because he, he said as much today yes. in the interview. So um, kudos. I like, kudos to, to I like it when I sound like I know what I'm talking about. So. Well, you clearly, you clearly do, um, which, is, which is great. Um, Phil. Um, in the bad um, side is also the officiating and the penalties. Please take this so I don't go on a diatribe for 10 minutes. It was absolutely horrendous and it caused quite a bit of consternation in the group between a couple of individuals um, who I won't name for their own protection from Liam. Um, <laughs> and what I mean by that is it, I mean, I'm not one for usually sort of going, oh, the refs are against us. <laughs> it really felt like they were doing everything they could to um, to give the, the commanders an advantage. And, and ironically, the commanders fans have been on Twitter after the game uh, funneling exactly the same kind of talk, saying that they think the ref was against them. So reading between the lines, it just sounds like the refereeing, uh, the officiating was absolutely terrible. Um, but there were a couple. There was sort of um, holding calls, and there was. Uh, uh, let's offside. talk about the and... let's talk about the offside one, Phil. Let's talk about the offside one. Are we talking about the, uh, the, 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 the the yeah? We're talking about the Dickerson was lining up um, yeah, alongside yeah, Kelsey. So, yeah, that's what I thought you meant. Um, so yeah, there's obviously, but I think something's come to light today to do with the fact that Dickerson was was lining up. Um, offside and the league had warned the Eagles saying we've seen this a few times it's going to get called so you can argue that that was in the back of the ref but all five defensive linemen on the other side of the ball were all offside so there was one so Dickerson was offside the five Washington defensive linemen were in neutral zone fraction offside and the, the, the nose tackle had his hand underneath the ball that Kelsey was supposed to be pulling back. So, I mean... Really? Yeah, that, that, that's what I was uh, sort of building up to, is the fact that I think that there was some sort of clear sort of... If, if you're being told in the back of your mind, just watch out when there's a fourth and short, when there's a short yardage um, QB sneak, watch for Landon Dickerson. That They obviously specifically had that in their notebook. They didn't have the commanders team so whether they were choosing to ignore that or whether they were just focusing too much on the Eagles offensive line yeah yeah, focusing on the offensive line too much you know when you're looking out for something you kind of you know when you when you buy a new car you see that car everywhere because it's just it's that 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 recency see bias yourself you kind of you see that because you're just you, you know you're thinking about it a lot more um, when you join a company like BA Systems, you start seeing BA Systems on every sign and train. Yeah, you, you and, recon- brand right? recognition just becomes a little bit more. But so you're kind of looking for it. So I'm, I can potentially put it down to that for, to explain away that one maybe, but still doesn't excuse the fact that you shouldn't be focusing more. You should be looking at the whole play and calling it as you see it. There was. I mean, re- every single penalty led to a bloody Washington points or for us to turn the ball over. Every penalty. I mean, 11 of the them. Whole- the holding call to the um there's 11 of them 
the holding call for the just before Curtis Samuel got their first touchdown. Um, All the holding calls are bollocks. Sorry, Phil. Come on. I told this is. I, I said I wasn't going to go. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He wanted me to take this section because he wanted to <laughs> not get involved. Um, you're absolutely right. I'm just trying to break it down and kind of be a little bit sort of balanced to say like, yes, it's easy to get that once you once you get the idea in your head. Very much like the the offside neutral zone situation. Once you kind of get the idea in your head that the Eagles are being unfairly done by, you kind of look at every penalty from a, a, a Eagles tinted glasses moment. But generally, there were so many different unbelievable penalties that just allowed to extended commanders drives or stunted Eagles drives, and then that narrative builds that you kind of think them there's someone in the league that wants the Eagles to lose this game. Um, that being said, it does have to be balanced out with the the out of bounds shout in the uh, at the end of the game. Uh, McLaurin, yeah, um, standing on Reed's arm, Reed, Blankenship, the ghost's arm. I mean, how can you stand on the ghost's arm? He doesn't exist. He's here, exactly. there, and everywhere. He's invisible. Um, but <laughs> I mean, if I'm honest, that that that's one of those. The commanders are raging about it because they're like, "That was clearly in," and we're sort of saying, "But it's clearly out." But yeah. I think we we gained the benefit of the on-field call, and that's purely what it is. If it had been given um, inbounds, they probably wouldn't have overturned it either. They I agree. I don't think there was enough to overturn it either way. Yeah, it's the umpire's call situation, and I think we benefit from that. So you can argue that maybe we got a little bit back at the end of the game and overall we won the game so um, we overcame the poor officiating I think it's just safe to say just let's just put it down to poor officiating rather than biased or anything like that I think it was just a terrible terribly cool game um, and let's just hope we don't have those guys back this season but I'm sure they'll be coming our way again <laughs> awfully, awfully cold game sorry I just have to weigh in on this a little yeah, bit yeah yeah go for it um, fuck me man I had PTSD every time a flag was put on the field. Even if it went our way, I thought that is and going against us. That play well, is coming it? back. Yeah. Everybody in the group chat was like, "Oh shit!" There's a like, "Yes, AJ Brown took a catch." Oh no, there's a flag on the field that's going to definitely be against the Eagles. Half the time it wasn't, but that's just how the game sort of planned out for us, and. I think there was a couple of bullshit calls. There, there was one early on, I think it was against a holding call, it was moral, and we never actually seen a replay of that. I think yeah. I've still not seen a replay of that. Um, there was the intentional grounding towards the end of the game when we were looking to put the game away. I thought, again, that was a bullshit call. Um, there were just so many, and they were just stacking up, stacking up, stacking up. And, Phil, I get what you're saying, and that you don't want to be one of these people that's like, you know, the referee's cost is the game. And Jason Kelsey says the same thing about, you know, you should elevate your game above the referees and put it out of their remit to be able to influence the game. You should be able to play above that. Um, but at the same time, fuck me, when everything's going against you, it just hurts. It just, it just hits you right in the chest. <laughs> and, and, and all of that, it, Sorry, go. No, I was saying at the risk of, of, of inflaming Liam even further, I think the one that he's particularly upset about was the um, was it the personal fail late late hit out of bounds um, from when they uh, was running for the first down. Oh, yeah. 
that I think that was the one. I think that's the one that kind of started the snowballing of the, the momentum of the everyone kind of going. The refs really hate us because it was one of those moments where it was literally almost it was the split second the uh, the commander's player's foot touched out of bounds. He got hit. So we're talking like yeah, the, that that was that wasn't a one for me um, because by the rules of the game, his foot was out of bounds when he pushed him. Um, but yeah, it was fine margins. The, the one for me was the. Um, I think whether it's got was, was the off, was the offside. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, I, yeah, no, I, I completely get it. I, I know, I know what you're saying. It, it was, it was fine margins. I, I think it was just the, the volume. To be honest, it was like it was it the was... volume because we're not used to seeing that many penalties against us either. No, so. not at all. I was, I think it was something like um, 80, 80 yards of penalties on on eleven calls. So you know, most of them were ten yard penalties or fifteen yard penalties. There was there was only a few fouls, and, and it was the timing of them. It was the timing of them because they were all on key key downs. Whether on Washington offense or Eagles offense, it, it was they were on key downs on each side. It was whether Washington, it was ever we were going to get a three and out, or Washington got a first down, which they went then and scored, or it was um, whether Washington, um, sorry, whether we were going to get a, um, a first down um, or on our third down, and we weren't meant to punt it away, and and they often led to scores. I think. Three of the penalties led to scores for Washington, um, and and at least one or two led to no scores for us. It, it, it just it just felt like the officiating gods, the NFL gods, were against us. I'm not going to sit here and say that the officials were against us, and there was anything that came from Richard Goodell at uh, Richard Goodell um, <laughs> um, from the NFL from the NFL. I don't know who he is um, from from Goodell or from the hierarchy. Uh, I just think the I just think they were told. I think Phil. I think you made a really good point. I think they were told to watch out for certain things, um, and they saw those certain things and they jumped on them. And by doing that, they disregarded what they should have been looking at on the other side of the ball. And I think that happened a few times. I think they were told to look for for hold for holding and aggressive play in the secondary. I think they were told to look for the, the sneak. And I think both of those went against the Eagles. Uh, there was a few that, that, that went against Washington as well. I'm not going to sit here and say, say that they weren't, but uh, God damn, I don't want to see those officials officiate an Eagles game again. And Jesus, did you guys see the, the non-holding penalty against the Kansas City Chiefs at the weekend? Yes, I did. It was absolutely horrendous. I mean, you look at the, whole, the, the ba- barely contact holding goals that we had against us, He's hot. Like he basically took him out for dinner, three course meal, brought his mum along, took a taxi home. They, he was holding. He was holding him oh, that yeah. long. It was ridiculous. It was like the first dance at his wedding or something. When he was holding him yeah. that long, it was like a waltz he was doing. It was. Horrible. Um, and 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 look, you look back at the Super Bowl. I said I wasn't going to talk about this or blame or blame the, the hierarchy. But <laughs> you look back at the Super Bowl and you look at some of those, and you know, yeah, yeah, it's hard as a fan. Like if you're listening, like I get it. It's hard as a fan to not think. Look, are they not going to make sure the officials make make give it an easy run for the most valuable players and and teams in the league? Um, versus versus those they don't want to see succeed. They don't want to see the sneak succeed because it's not sexy football. Um, they'd rather see Mahomes throw a no look pass with his left bollock 
than they would with the sneak. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. going down a hole, I don't want to go down. But um, officiation wasn't good. It's in the bad. Let's get to the good section. Um, hey. Mick, um, I'm going to go to the restroom real quick so you and Phil can take over for a second. Um, Jalen Hurts, talk to me. Oh. <clears throat> Jalen Hurts, I think, had his best game of the season so far. And I know we're only four games and, and you know, that might not sound too impressive because I know the slow start that we've had on offence this year has been, uh, you know, widely talked about on, you know, most other podcasts. Uh, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, but you don't listen to other podcasts, I thought this was the only podcast you listened to. Uh but Jalen <laughs> uh, completed 25 of 37 for 67.6% uh, on his uh, attempts for a season high of 319 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. More importantly, Phil, I remember talking to you last week about um, the, the turnovers that we weren't expected to see so far this season, and, and this was one of those games where Jalen took care of the ball. Um, so Hurts recorded six completions of 20-plus yards in the win as well, including a 59-yard and a 28-yard touchdown pass to A.J. Brown as he was serving the ball up the field uh, for those deep balls. I think, for me personally, I've, I've listened to quite a few um, podcasts and stations and, you know, talking heads about Jalen Hurts not having a great start to the season and, you know, he's not the same quarterback that we've seen. And whilst that's true, I think um, we're only four games in and, you know, give the guy a chance, for good, for goodness sake. Um, Phil, how do, you, how do you feel about Jalen Hurts so far this season? Or the performance well, we, on we, Sunday? Well, we mentioned in the last couple of pods that it feels like, if you know, if you look back to the the performance against the Patriots generally I had to because uh, uh, Liam keeps forgetting to uh, fill out the proper form for his prediction so um, when I was updating the, the scores for the our weekly predictions game I had to go all the way back to week one just to and verify what, what Liam did put um, so I had to go into the, the app, bring up the game and look at the, the stat line for the Patriots game and it was absolutely horrific when you look back in comparison now to where he is now to, to where he was then and yeah, it's a different game, different opposition, and different conditions. But it was absolutely like night and day to where it is now. And I think he's—we've mentioned in the previous pod that he's been incrementally better. So, and it's what Nick Sirianni um, bangs on about is get better every day. And I feel like that's been literally epitomised by by Hertz's performance. Yeah, he's taken that literally. <laughs> he's literally just every game. And I feel like I believed it was going to happen. I was like, he is getting better. It, whether it's like he's taken that off-season dip, the hypes, elevated expectations too much, and he's just come in at subpar for that sort of expectation, and he's sort of warming into the season, he's feeling his way in. Um, he's definitely had his best game. I agree with you completely. The, the stats don't lie. I mean, it, it, for more than anything, it was just that that duking run. That we he's so synonymous with him last season. Twenty three yarder. Um, so Twenty three yards as Liam um, joins back in to say that he that felt like there he is. 
like ah like like because obviously there's been a lot of talk about his um his running obviously they're trying to protect him he's trying to protect himself he's just got a brand new contract he there's a lot of things that have changed from last season i think it was very much felt like you know he's he's sliding a lot earlier than normal but that one moment was almost like there's that's that's the guy that make that's that's the play that makes people fear and that's that's what makes him so dangerous and also the fact that teams have clearly been scheming for the the rpo um, a lot more so teams are looking for him to run more so it seems like he was getting um, snuffed up very much at the line of scrimmage quite a lot and, and he had that one run and I think that suggests to me that he is on his way to getting back to last season's form so I'm happy with his performance I'm, I'm looking forward to him coming back to um, against the Rams it's going to be a big test because of the uh, because of the obviously the beast in Alan Donald Aaron Donald, sorry, um, it's going to be hard for him to sort of keep getting incrementally better. But let's hope the long may it continue. Yeah, I think I think he was like some of the some of the throws that he made in this game. I thought were uh, like unbelievable. Um, some of them on the outside to AJ Brown. I remember um, specifically. Uh, I can't remember what down it was, but. It was out to the left side or uh, um, on the outside, and what a throw! He could have placed the ball better. It was like nestled right in his hands. Um, it's a beautiful throw from Jalen Hurts, and and he made a couple of rainbows during that during the game. Um, Devontae Smith had high pointed the ball, made some fabulous catches as well. Um, I don't buy this whole like Hurts is regressing from last year. You, People are holding the Super Bowl against Jalen Hurts. Who? Jalen, who? The media. Every the Eagles, fucking, pod, the Eagles every media fucking the... podcast I've listened to in the last week are holding Jalen Hurts against himself. And the game that he played in the Super Bowl, we can all agree, was phenomenal. Yeah, he can't heavy, perform heavy. like that every Connor. single week. He can't perform like that every single week. And people have to realise that you know, you're not going to see that level of Jalen Hurts play every single time he takes the field. People are too quick to forget what happened in 2022. Say, oh, you had an MVP season. Yes, he did. But you're forgetting the games that he had against the Colts. That, that game was terrible. You're forgetting the games that he had against the Texans. Again, it's not a great game. Chicago Bears, that's, an, that's another game. The Commanders game that we lost, there was, there was a lot of Fuck about in that game right now. Um, even the the Jacksonville Jaguars that we had, that was a weather game last year. There's ups and downs throughout the season. I, I beg you, listener, calm the fuck down. Jalen Hurts will see us through this season. We're four and zero. Look I've at Patrick. Look, 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 look at Patrick McHolmes. I mean, he's had a he's had a, a terrible start to the year this year. Yeah, they've won a few games and he's made some flashy plays, but like his passer ratings down, his his interceptions are up, um, his yards are down. I know he's not thrown too many people, but he's still got Travis Kelsey as probably one of the best. He's a top five receiver in the NFL, um, top three probably receiver in the NFL behind, alongside Jefferson and Tyree Kill. I'd say Tyree mm-hmm. Kill, Jefferson, Kelsey probably one, probably one, two, three. Um, in in the league, um, he he's got a plethora of wide receivers who are young, um, and, and and talented, but but not he hasn't got a wide receiver one. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, and 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 you look around the league. I mean, the Josh Allen's first game of the year wasn't great. Two Tonga Vailos look good, but now they've lost to the Bills. Um, Joe Burrow has looked pretty bad this year compared to what we're used to seeing, and he's supposed to be the second coming of Christ. So, yeah, I, I'm okay. with you. I'm with you, Mick, and, and, and as he's just come to the loop, Phil, I'm with you as well. I mean, he, he yeah, he's not played up to his standards last year, but I think I'm with you. I think earlier on when we were chatting through one of our partners at Loch Lomond Whiskey's, uh, Tony Burton, he asked you, what's your opinion on the Eagles season so far? You said it's like the stairway to heaven. Shout out to the song there. Um, and and it's, getting better, it's getting better as it goes, right? Yeah, so obviously by admit by that it's sort of the incremental taking literally it's sort of each step you take up the um up the staircase you're getting closer to Nirvana where where you wanna be and, and, and the promised land of, of the Super Bowl and, and hopefully one better than last season. But he's it that's why like I I I don't worry about the the stats in, in so much in the sense that when you the eye test of the game you can just see that there's something it's almost like he's adding a layer every time to each each game he plays. It's sort of something that wasn't right. That layer goes on for the next game, and that's fixed. And at the start, of the the first couple of games, it was very much the passing was 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 under scrutiny. It was a case of as he regresses a pass, it's like well, you know, the, the games against the, the the Vikings and the and the Patriots were very much sort of incredible inclement weather games, and and, and throwing was is always going to take a sort of slight back seat when, when the weather's that bad but like the passing game as Mick's already mentioned the the AJ Brown um, touchdown the AJ Brown uh, the, the other pass he had down on the sideline the Devontae Smith um, high pointed catch but more importantly and, and this will cover off one of the other good points um, for the pod is, is Dallas Goddard um, there's been a lot, mm. of, a lot of criticism about his involvement um, he's had a couple of if, if he plays maybe in the first few four games but he only had two receptions in this game but those two receptions were absolutely solid um game sort of changing moments more importantly the the the, the pass from from Jalen Hurts to 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 Goddard sort of literally just missing fingertips straight into the body of Goddard like on a crucial third down play to 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 reset the chains and another one earlier on in the game which was sort of a lot slightly shorter but it was very much a he he got up catches the ball and then immediately gets pummeled by two defensive players and and it's one of those plays where you just expect the ball to just go shooting off because the guys caught the ball doesn't see the players and just gets absolutely pummeled but got it had a good game i give a lot of that to jalen though because jalen put the ball in some seriously tight windows this weekend just gone by and the commentators were talking about it um and and they weren't and they weren't they weren't all Eagles commentators when I was listening on Dance the Sport. Was one of them a one of a Dallas fan? And he he, he was um, I can't remember who it was. I, I'm gonna hold your horses on Goddard here, Phil, because um, yes, he had two receptions, but he had four targets, and there was one target where he completely fluffed his lines and didn't yeah. catch didn't catch catchable ball. Um, yeah, I, I I was I was watching the game back back today, just having a look through the notes as I was going through, and, and yeah, it was it's before the two two really good passes that he did catch, and I was mm. almost about to write him as a as a bad, as, as a bad. Okay. But I feel like again with the team getting incrementally better, we have to kind of go overall. I think he had a very key role in the game, and the two passes are definitely outweigh 
And do you, do you, and do you put them down to Hertz or Goddard those two passes? Because uh, you, having seen them, having seen them today, I've not watched it back today. Um, I'm, I'm going well, on memory from the game. Well, that's the reason for the segue because I, we were talking about how good Jalen Hurts has, has progressed in so far in this game um, with the passing game. But I feel like Goddard also has has improved um, incrementally to get to the point where those two catches are sort of getting back to where those two are which is a safety net on a third down pass to sort of got a and a reliability of those hands yeah the first you know you can argue that the incremental progression came actually within the game not just from game to game but within that game he had that that iffy drop that he said at the start and then immediately okay, comes see. back in the rest yeah, of the game yeah, yeah. And, and, and improves it so you've got to a game within it, it improve, improvements and, game within a game I like that yeah okay yeah that's nice um, Devontae Smith, nine catches, uh, sorry, seven catches, nine targets for 78 yards. Doesn't get a lot of chat, but that, that catch he made um, down the middle was reminiscent of the catch he made against Washington last year, where Jalen threw it up there in, in double coverage and Smith um, leaped about 10 foot tall <laughs> to take the uh, to take the catch and bring it down. Obviously, last year he was like like a centimeter shy of the end zone. Uh, I think yeah. the Philadelphia Eagles, I think, posted out the two clips today on their social media channels, um, and 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 this it was almost identical. And that was a really crucial time for Hertz to make a big throw and a big catch for for Smith. Oh, I love listening to you pour whiskey, Mick. Is that the end of the bottle? It is the end of the bottle. Oh, yes. What what bottle? What bottle is that you're drinking? From? This is the Loch Lomond twelfth year Ingemon that I've Ooh. just finished. Um, I know both of both of y'all had this, a similar bowl. Um, this is me just finishing it. I was um, cherishing the last drama of this one because I actually loved it. It was one of the best balls that I've received um, from Loch Lomond, and uh, I, I, can't, I can't rave enough. I know we're just we're talking Eagles, but like just to take a moment. Um, yeah, yeah, that's why I asked. Yeah, yeah, the the, the um. The flavor profile is is absolutely tremendous. It's uh, one of the best balls that they produce for me personally, uh, for my taste palate. I know I know they do the inch more, they do the inch more, and they have the twelve. Well, I am drinking the inch more as well. This is this is sounding like a bit of an ad, but it's not. I promise you, it's not in the way that the inch more I think is more suited to my palate because it's a bit more peppery, it has a bit more. Um, you know, it has a bit more smoke. It has a bit more spice to it, and and, and I really my, like my that. favorite one as well. Yours too, Phil. I bet you you must have tanned that in in that in uh, a couple of weeks. Phil's been through three of three of those <laughs> bottles, I reckon. Am I wrong, Phil? Have you been through two or three of those already? No, no, no. That's I take I take medicine, and 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 you know, you finish a bottle, you you've got to get another one and I want I want to, yeah. to get another one at some point but I think okay. I'm gonna I've been working my way through the when's uh, your birthday Phil? Well, soon change uh, the month end of, end, end of November um, oh, well, there you go you're but, sorted yeah there we go but I think I've been working my way through a few of the other ones because I think it's always nice to it's like when you go away for a few days and you come back home again and you can have that nice home cooked meal, the, the home comforts, the one that mm. yeah, nothing, nothing like a home cooked meal. I think there's nothing like an inch moan for me. Do you know I, what? I had when that When I come this back round to it, I'll be enjoying that one again twice. Yeah, especially if you come into like autumn and winter, I think whiskey yeah. just suits the, the sort of end of the year, winter months, and that's 
just happens to be football. Suits NFL football, football right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, ju- just to continue to just to continue the uh, the Loch Lomond um, trail run here. Um, um, those who are watching on um, on on Spotify or or on YouTube, um, this we, these were the favors for our wedding. Um, as you can see, it's Katie and Liam, 10th of September, 2023. This is the Loch Lomond in Shemurin. And a big shout out uh, to Tony Brewerton, who um, helped us out with getting us uh, these as favors for our wedding. So um, I know you both had a, a, a one or maybe two um, Loch Lomond um, in Shemurin uh, whiskeys as your favors on the day alongside. We actually did a bit of a hangover kit. So you had this. You also had a paracetamol. Uh, you also had some mints <laughs> and a rehydration okay. sachet um, as well to, to help everyone because it was a, it was a really fun day. And also um, the, the 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 gin that they do um, as well, which is which is fantastic. Um, well, you said so- people were raving about that during the during the wedding. I've never been a massive drinker myself, but I know that is huge, and that the, the people do love it. I, I, I- absolutely um it's it went down a treat katie's mom um was was uh, raving about it um she wants to get a few bottles um so i've got to, i've got to make a, a couple of orders um for for um for the ben Lomond. Oh, you've got uh, to please the mother-in-law mate that's that's the number one priority keep the mother-in-law happy yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. So I, I got, I got to get, I got to get some of those, uh, got to get some of those, uh, those sorted um, for her. But anyway, um, moving on, um, moving on um, from that, and keeping to the good part of the podcast. Oh, by the way, we're going to um, rename a segment of this uh, podcast uh, soon, so watch out for that next week. Um, uh, okay, so also in the good part of the um, the good, the bad, and the more sexy is is me. Um, Jake Elliott, who wants, <laughs> wants to take Jake Elliott. I say that because a couple of people in the past have said I look like Jake Elliott. Right now, I definitely don't because I've clean shaven. Um, and um, yeah, so Jake Elliott, um, I won't tell you about my stories. You've heard it enough. Um, although while I was away, didn't he equal the, the, the long field goal record for the birds in, in one of the games recently, the last two weeks? Yes. Yeah. He had a 61 yarder, and if that isn't an omen for the season, then I don't know what is. Um, Jake Elliott has been nails so far this season, and he's built us out in some, some serious spots, I must say. We know that the offence hasn't been clicking on a few of the, the games. Not, I wouldn't say the game just gone past against Washington, but maybe the game before, uh, the Buccaneers, um, Vikings. Patriots and the guy is consistently hitting field goals over 50 yards in each one of these games mm-hmm. and it's it's becoming automatic you hear on the broadcast when he's about to take the kick to send the Eels 4-0 in overtime and these are high pressure situations so it's not as if you know he's kicking a field goal and you know the Eagles are up by three scores so, so fuck if he misses it this is the game is on the line for this guy, and straight down the middle, straight through the uprights. Jake Elliott. I mean, you can you can rely on. Has the he guy. missed this year? Has he missed this year? In, I actually can't remember off the top I don't of my head. Think he, I feel I like he's think. missed something. I'm not sure if it was a PAT or if it was a maybe a, a chip shot 
I think he did miss one this year. But I think he was named um, NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. Or okay, he's, he's missed one PAT. He's got 13 out of 14. He's at 93% accuracy. He missed, he missed one PAT against the Vikings the same game where he got the 61-yarder. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Andrew Horton, member of member of the British and Irish Eagles, who's uh, outside the box prediction this week was for Jake Elliott to have four extra points and, and three field goals exactly, falling agonisingly short with four and two. So um, when I was tallying up the scores, I, I did my I did sort of feel a little bit sorry, but I was like, sorry, not unlucky, quite. Andrew. That's a really good shout. <laughs> I mean, see some of the the outside the box predictions so far off of the members. They've been quite, quite, quite good, quite exciting. I've been. Um, it's one of the highlights of my week having a, a, a quick scan of what people think is going to happen. Some are quite funny, and others are are uh, quite on the money. So it's it's good. Yeah, some of them have been quite um, quite good, and then some of them have been really out there. And I feel like they're maybe. Does, does any stick some, out? Uh, does any stick out in your mind here? Some are some are sort of, they're on the right track, and they they sort of tail off. And I'm just trying to. Find it. I mean, so I think some for even today. sorry, Phil, just to put in, but like, I think for some of the outrageous ones, maybe we can in the future <laughs> offer up a wee prize for, for something that's maybe a little bit out there. That's... Well, I think there should be a prize at the end of the year a bottle of British and Irish Loch Lomond whiskey for the most outrageous outside the box that comes in. Do you know what? This season. Yeah, I think that's my bit. I think even if the way these outside the boxes are going, I think if, if anyone hits their outside the box spot on, um, I think it might be worth it for prize even on each week because it's it, it's incredibly hard to hit and I think it's a very challenging one. But the one I was looking for. But we are going to have to have a bit of a fall safe there. Like all three of us need to agree it is enough. Oh yeah, it's, it's, not, the box, it's, not, right? it's not a standard. Yeah. It will be. Oh yeah, you can't do easy down one touchdown. Ooh, I take the box. <laughs> no. It will be a oh, go on, decision. That's it. Make sure your outside the boxes are um, are uh, are out there. But um, yeah, the one one. Uh, a shout out to Kennedy Newber. He uh, he predicted that, oh, and it, love it, it Kennedy. really well. It was uh, it was. I was reading it, going, "Oh my god, like that's a pretty good shout!" And then he just completely shot himself in the foot. Cause he was like Brown, AJ Brown to get two touchdowns and over a hundred yards. And I was like, oh, "That's a good shout. Well done, mate." I was about to award him the point, and then he put and one defensive touchdown. I think that's two. That's two outside the boxes all in one. I'm like, oh, "Why did you do oh, that?" Oh, Kennedy, you could have had your bottle of whiskey, mate. <laughs> You went too far. You went too far. I mean, oh, I nearly went too far that's last that's week, and, and Mickey reeled me in and said, just go for the 50-burger. Um, I missed that by by a few points. Um, listen, uh, let, let's continue going, because we've still got to talk about uh, Damart Sexy and um, one more player before we even do that. Actually, well, we haven't decided who Damart Sexy is, but there are two candidates. So let's let's debate between the three of us who should get the Damart Sexy. So candidate one is obviously AJ Brown, nine passes for 175 yards and two touchdowns, averaging nearly 20 yards per reception. Absolutely outrageous. Tops 300 yards over two weeks. Um, he is he is back. He is he is dominating. He might have ended the career of the rookie cornerback who was marking him, whose name escapes Forbes. me, Mick. Forbes, thank you, Emmanuel Forbes, Phil. Um, at the very start of the game, I don't know if you guys remember, but Emmanuel Forbes had a couple of plays against him, like batted him down, and he was like giving him a little bit of jib, and oh, AJ yeah. kind of t- 
AJ kind of turned around and you could hear the commentator saying like, it was almost like the commentator knew. The commentator was like, he literally said, be careful. You don't want to be giving too much chip to AJ Brown. Like this guy could dominate you. He is a physical specimen. He is a swole, swole Batman. Um, and and, and, and he's, he could, and he did. He absolutely dominated him to the point where we have to say, Maybe a harsh call um, by putting the ball in, in Emmanuel Forbes' lap uh, or just in front of him after the, the final touchdown, um, which gave a 15-yard penalty. Um, bullshit penalty. Bullshit penalty. To- Tony, Uncle Tony, um, now in blood, now that I am married to my lovely um, wife, um, Katie O'Neill, which sounds cool <laughs> to say. Um, now in blood, to- Tony Fletcher. Um, he messaged me during the game to say... Um, what a tit! What has he done? It's his fault that we're going to over. <laughs> it's his fault that we're going to overtime. So Tony wasn't very enamoured with AJ with AJ Brown. Um, what's going on here, Mick? You, you got I just showed you to Tony. I've got my flyers hat. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, shout out to Tony for the presents that he brought over <laughs> for the, for for the wedding. Um, and I and I kind of turned around and said, yeah, um, watched, you know, what's the um. What's going on, Phil? I think we dropped out a little bit there. No, I think oh, it's did I? I think we dropped out a little bit, but yeah, I got the flyers, oh, okay. uh, the Phillies hat as well. Sorry, so I, uh, um, I washed that one straight away, and actually, that's been quite a, a regular wear. Actually, I'm surprised how much I've worn it. I think because it's quite a nice little uh, bit of kit. Nice little memento. But anyway, go go back to the point. So, so um, the conversation between me and Tony was uh, AJ Brown's fault or defense's fault. I stick firmly in the belief that it was the, it's the defensive fault for not stopping and Desire's fault for not stopping with one minute and 15 seconds left on the clock. They still got to go 65 yards down the field and score a touchdown. Um, for me, it's it's squarely on them. Tony was of your opinion. He's blaming AJ Brown for giving the 15-yard taunting penalty. Uh, but I believe Jefferson or Chase, can't remember which one it was, who was on the Ringer um, Philly Special podcast uh, during the week, said that one of these guys threw the ball in the direction of the cornerback and didn't get a taunting penalty. Whereas all AJ just put it down on the floor in front of him. So yeah, I don't know. Officiating not too good on that one. But anyway, AJ Brown is one candidate for the damn right sexy. The other candidate is Phil. Nicholas Morrow. Nicholas Moreau. And why is that? Because he finished the game with a career-high tying, 11 tackles, 10 on his own, a career-high three sacks. I can't remember the last time we had a three-sack player. I'm going to go with Josh Sweat maybe last season. Yeah, Reddick or Sweat maybe, yep. um, Three tackles for loss, three QP hits and a forced fumble. I mean, he had a game on defence. And I feel like as one of the players that was signed quite early on in the off-season... Mm-hmm. Kind of got forgotten about training. Got cussed. He got cussed. Got hurt, and and he's come back in and he's had an absolute game. And just in a time where we need these kind of players coming in and filling these holes that are getting filled, they're getting created by players going down. Um, it's sort of a breath of fresh air to 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 come in. I think he's. It's, for me, it's going to be between between him and him and Jake Elliott for me. But I know that we guys are going to have a discussion about it. But that performance was exactly the tonic that we needed in, especially in that kind of game where where the finest of margins could have been between victory and defeat. So, 
So, so, so Jake Elliott, so AJ Brown's not even in the conversation for you with 175 yards and two touchdowns. Is Jake Elliott or or Moreau for you? I, I like it. I'm not disagreeing. I like, I like, I, I like. I feel the, like it's. I like the it's, call. I think it's more the elevation from expectations. Uh, I can argue that Jake Elliott, I expect him to make those, but he has been particularly playing on a on a level above what he, he can he'll normally do and that's saying something that his normal standard is, is good that he's been playing exceptionally well AJ yeah. Brown I expect that kind of game from him every week and I guess that's probably harsh it's just the way the sun is you expect you expect, you expect 175 yards off nine catches for and two touchdowns every week from AJ Brown yeah hard task master Phil well, I feel like that's what he got brought in for, and that's what he's done most of the games that he's played for us. Uh, over, most. yeah, around around a hundred, yeah. But he's nearly got two hundred yards there. Well, what's the guy got to do to get you good books? Two hundred yards, obviously. All right. Um, okay. I, I, I just, I just feel like AJ Brown plays exceptionally well all the time, and I feel like it's harder yeah. to distinguish good exceptional games from his normal <laughs> levels where some I, I, maybe i'm just looking for a, a new face someone new to yeah no i mean look, look of... i'm not gonna argue with the stats for jake Kelly nicholas moreau mick you asked who was wearing the green dot for the eagles the answer is nicholas moreau he's been wearing the green dot since he came back into the team so um i think we so, so before we go to you mick phil have we got a decision uh your vote jake kelly or nicholas moreau <sighs> we'll come back to you mick think about it mick um, you go, Moreau. Yep. I All think right. my gut wanted to send me to to Moreau. I just feel like Jake Elliott's had such a good good time. It felt hard to take it away from him. Yeah. And, and, um, and the only the only, sorry, just to like put a bit of explanation behind the choice, and I won't go on for too long because I know this podcast is is going on for quite some time. But um, it um, doesn't happen. It doesn't happen often that a linebacker gets three sacks. Uh, he, he, also, including the a forced fumble in there and you know leads the teams and tackles that's that's that that's an mvp type um game from from the guy uh well still aj brown is a fantastic receiver we know he's a fantastic receiver he's one of the best in the nfl at his position nicholas morrow's not known in that kind of category again jake elliott we know what he can do and whilst it's we can't take it for granted every week um it's just for me a bit more special for for Moroi do what he did. Jake Kelly is one of the best kickers in the league, by the way. Now they, uh, he has transcended to that level. There, there is no, there is no denying it. Um, I, I am also Nicholas Moreau, uh, and 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 that wins the vote. Um, regardless, the so, damn Nicholas right Moreau, sexy. The damn right sexy. <laughs> I expect like three of them now every week after the last couple of weeks. It was like five last week. <laughs> damn right, sexy. Yeah. Um, love it. Nicholas Moreau, damn right sexy. We'll take a little quick break here for our partners and we'll be back to review, preview the Rams game. Celebrate victories. Rally through challenges and bond with fellow fans as you toast with a dram of Loch Lomond single malt whiskey. From tailgating gatherings to watch parties at home, Loch Lomond whiskey becomes an essential companion, enhancing the moments that make football so extraordinary. It's the perfect accompaniment from the joy of victory to the bittersweet moments of defeat. Loch Lomond offer a wide range of malts with their flagship perfectly balanced 
and signature expressions inch moan and inch muren to suit any taste palate. Celebrate greatness on and off the field this season with a perfect balance of Loch Lomond whisky and Eagles football. From the first pour to the crowd roar. Fly Eagles fly. <laughs> I, got, yeah, yeah. I, got, I got distracted by the messages in the WhatsApp chat. I mean, the first one was like, you good to go after the advert? I was like, yep, I'm ready to go. And then I read and then I read um, Phil's messages um, to answer your question. Yes, Phil, I did on my new work laptop, but I definitely didn't do it from France. And it definitely wasn't a MacBook. So <laughs> maybe check the... Uh, Maybe check the, uh, the, old, the old thing out there. Anyway, um, moving moving on. Um, I'm moving on swiftly to the Rams uh, game this coming uh, Sunday night. I'm looking forward to another game. I'm looking forward to watching um, the Red Zone on, uh, on, Sunday, on Sunday at 6 p.m., by the way. First time I'm going to get to watch the Red Zone uh, this year uh, live because I've been away. Uh, looking forward to a bit of action there, maybe a little bit of betting action on some of the game lines and check my fantasy teams out, maybe the draft act, draft kings action going on and then get to watch my, my birds play at 9, 9, 9.25 on, on Sunday. Listen, let's get into them. The Rams are a different beast to what they were last year. Um, the year before, they were very impressive. They won the Super Bowl the year before, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, and last year, they, they regressed uh, hugely hugely regressed um, last year. Their offensive line has been very, very poor. Um, people were saying Stafford wasn't the same guy he used to be. He was dealing with an elbow injury, I believe, a lot of last season alongside their offensive line problems. And other than Cooper Cup last year, they didn't really have anyone anyone or anything else going for them. Aaron Donald was rumored to perhaps uh, retiring at the end of last season. He decided to come back for another year this year. And they've looked better. They have fatted out their roster. They made 14 draft selections and the further 26 UDFAs to pad out one of the worst rosters in the league last year. And um, Sean McVay is um, he's turning stuff around, uh, not least of which uh, from their rookie fifth round pick, uh, Puka Nakua. I said that right? Close enough? Close Nakua. Enough. Nakua. Phil, you are our resident um, pronunciation expert on this podcast, as we know from the game, as we know from the games with our friends, uh, and also from the podcast before I left. So I'll, maybe I'll leave that up to you next time, um, guys. Before we get into the offense and the defense for the Rams, I'm going to put this out there. And Tony Burton said this before: this feels like a trap game for me, and I'm not feeling massively confident. I may contradict myself in a few minutes, but that's just where I'm sat right now. I'm not sat here thinking the Eagles are going to bowl over the Rams on Sunday. Phil, what's your gut feeling before we get into the nooks and crannies, I should say? Well, I think that the, the fact that Cooper Cup may play, I think we're we both kind of discussed it before the pod, and I think they're probably not going to risk him if they don't have to. They're not it's still early in the season that's you know and they've missed him um yeah Puka Nakua has, uh, has been 
a revelation for them. Fortunately, it's a bit like um, the Niners and and Brock Purdy. It's sort of like they've kind of lucked into one of the star performers um, the season at the right time when they're missing their their wide receiver one. Um, he's had you know Puka Nakua has has had like five hundred plus yards, but he's only had one touchdown. Bear in mind, so it it's almost like from a fantasy perspective, fantasy perspective, Nakua's come in like a, a a tornado and absolutely destroyed. Um, people's expectations of the Rams and Stafford and, and generally any potential points scoring from from the Rams full stop so I think that's kind of um, diluted, uh, kind of muddied the waters a little bit in terms of how, making an accurate assessment about how um, damaging he's going to be in a game, that being said our secondary is our biggest weakness arguably at the moment so going into the game you can argue that it's uh, it's a lot less. I'm a lot less confident than I was at the start of the season, um, because yeah, we had this down as an as an easy dub at the start of the season. Yeah, right? a bit basically because of how poor they were last season and the fact that they'd signed about a million free agents and they had no one above twenty five in their team for, or at least <laughs> about three players above twenty five. So there was a lot of expectation that they'd just be they could be a bit of a wild card, but they're not going to be much of a threat. But they're clearly more of a threat than than we all imagine so I still think this is going to be a difficult game when you've got players like Aaron Donald on your team and Stafford is more than serviceable quarterback who can definitely have a solid game when he's got the right weapons in front of him and like as you said you've got you've got Higby and, and Nakua even if you don't have Cup you've still got some damaging and and, and Kyron Williams has been absolutely phenomenal on the ground as well it's sort of well well, well, let, well, let, well let's get into that because because just wanted overall reactions first let, let's get into some of these players right because you've you've named a lot of them here right so puka nakura you just mentioned over 500 yards only one touchdown but he's on track for 2100 yards in the nfl this season um which would break the single season record from calvin johnson of 1964 that's the level this guy is operating at now ironically justin jefferson has 543 so he's on pace to to break even more but the fact that we're even talking about the crew in the same breath as justin jefferson is crazy the guy's six foot two he runs a he runs a four five seven i believe from my research earlier on today so he's not as quick as um Devontae smith or aj brown who run a four four nine and a four fifty um but so he's not rapid, but he seems to be a very good savvy route runner. He broke the Utah um, state records in um, school, something like nearly five and a half thousand yards and 60 odd touchdowns. So the guy has pedigree. Not sure how he found or where the how he fell or where the diamond in the roof came from, but he's a, he's he's something to seriously be. This isn't a flash in the pan. You don't you don't get 501 receiving yards in your first four games in the NFL. That's you know barely ever been done before in the history of the NFL if you're not a really good player. So something definitely to be worried about. Um, Kyron Williams, um, you mentioned him there, Phil. He has five rushing touchdowns on the year already through four games. He has 350 all-purpose yards. 250 of those are on the ground. 100 of those is, is, is as a receiver. So while um, Nakua doesn't have lots of touchdowns, you could make the argument that the 501 yards have got them down to the end zone. And they've allowed Kyron Williams to to, to punch it in um, when they get there. Tyler Higby's just signed a new contract, um, uh, fairly lucrative contract actually. Um, probably a little bit of an overpay 
if I'm being honest. Uh, I wouldn't say he's much more than a top 12 tight end in the league, but they've paid him top five tight end money. And he's 30 years of age. He's no spring chicken. We know that tight ends do play until um, they're older than wide receivers and running backs, but, but still, he does have 200 yards on the year so far, 50 yards per game. And as you mentioned, Cooper Cup could be back, but we don't think he will be. So purely from an offensive stand- standing point, they are a much stronger <clears throat> opposition than we've probably faced this year so far. Phil, would you say they're better offensively or worse than the Vikings? It's a good it's a good show, really. I think I think I'd still fear a Vikings offense. I think I would too. Yeah. Just because of Justin Jefferson, Hawkinson. Without Cup, without Cup back. Uh, if they have Cup and, and Nakua playing, then maybe maybe the Rams. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think, like I said, I, as I was sort of rallying through, um, there's there's definitely a lot more to be fearful than 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 before we started the season. And I think, yeah, you're right. It could be a trap game, but I just feel like as the Eagles are getting incrementally incrementally better and improving day by day. And I feel like this is just going to be one of the, it's going to be a hard game, but I feel like this is not going to be as difficult as the Commanders game. And I don't know why. I feel like the Commanders just okay. the game was just something. There's something different about it, but um, it's definitely going to be interesting. I, I think if we can keep Nakua down, um, which I know other teams have struggled to do so so far, then I think that we've got a real good shout because our run defense is absolutely number numero uno in the league. Um, I think we can hopefully nullify a lot of Kyron Williams. Yeah, um, I hope so too, Mick. Uh, the Rams have lost to the Bengals, who have not been great this year. They lost to the 49ers, who are probably the best team in football at the moment. It's not very nice to say that, but I think if you look on performances and wins so far, the 49ers are probably the best team in football. They're certainly in the conversation for the top three, four with the Eagles, the Chiefs, and the Bills. Yeah, um, they played. They played though, were they? Uh, they're not. Yeah, okay. Well, they played the Rams, and they beat the Rams comfortably. Yeah, they played the Steelers, they played the Rams, they played the Giants, they played the Cardinals. They're all yeah. shite teams. Well, so Rams are Let's just calm down on the that, that's, that, that's fair, that's fair, that's fair. They're, they're, okay, that's fair. Um, But they've been more impressive in their victories than the Eagles have, and the Eagles haven't played loads of great teams either. No, absolutely. No, I, I, I can agree with that. And I think the, the Rams are not a team that we can take lightly. Um, I'm like you and like Phil at the start of the season. I think they looked at this and thought, that's an easy dub. The Rams are going to bomb this season. They're not going to do too much. And especially when Cooper Cup went on to IR to start the season, we thought, yeah, the, the, the Rams are tanking this season and uh, they're, they're recouping what they can having Re- recouping <laughs> having uh, the first round pick for the first year um, of god knows how many years um to pick up maybe a quality quarterback in this upcoming quarterback draft but credit to them they've come out they've come out fighting with matthew stafford um under center and you know they're the second pass offense in the league at the moment mm-hmm. so they're, they're putting up 288.8 yards of passing offense per game this season and like i said maybe we can you know attribute some of that to 
so some of the games that they've played so far this season. Uh, the Bengals haven't been up to much this year. They threw away a massive lead against the Colts last week. I think they were up early, about 21, three scores against the Colts um, and allowed the Colts to come back in um, the second half of that game uh, to tie it up and to go into overtime last week. So there are weaknesses in this Rams team. It's, it's not as if they're one of the best teams in the NFC and we should tremble in fear coming to the West Coast. We have to remember that we are Super Bowl but we're coming off a Super Bowl uh, run. We are the NFC champions elect. We are the we are the team to beat. The Rams aren't the team to beat. We are the team to beat. Even though we might not be firing all cylinders just now, we have roster spots all over this team. And I know we'll talk about individual matchups, but we've got the better quarterback. I don't care what you say about Matthew Stafford and how well his resurgence has been. Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback. We have the better offensive. So? Yes. Do you, do you think Jalen Hurts is no, a better yes, quarterback? Yes, yes, I do. Stafford? Yes, absolutely. Really? We have, yes. Super Bowl winner a couple of years ago had a bad offensive line last year and an injury. What do you know? Uh, I think Matthew Stafford in a very good offense is 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 a top five quarterback in the league. Top five? Yeah, not top five. <laughs> yeah, no. Gen, gen, genuinely, I do think top five. If you look at if you if you look at his stats um, over the last fifteen years. And I know that's last 15 years, not now. So, so, so calm down a second before I finish. Um, he, he is one of the best pocket passers in the league. Aaron Rodgers has been louding him for years. So is Tom Brady. Um, so is Drew Brees. He was in a very bad Lions team for years. He went and won the Super Bowl in his first year with the Rams. He was injured last year in a bad offensive line. They're a little bit better this year. And he's, he's thrown up the second best passing yards offense yeah i think matthew stafford is one of the best quarterbacks in the league still at the age of 36 37 i, I really do do you think he's better than jalen then i think he's a better passer than jalen i don't think he, I, I i would say i would i would not go as far as saying he's a better all-around quarterback than jalen no. okay so that's what i said jalen's a better quarterback than matthew stafford we have the better <laughs> offensive line we it's have close the better, though it's close have, it's i close. don't give a fuck we're still better we have the better wide receivers. We have the better defensive line. We have the bet. We are better all over the field than the 49ers. Yeah, so yeah, so and there's no reason that we should not win this game. I don't give a fuck who they've played. We should be winning this game. We should be rolling into LA, taking the double. Yeah, I think we win on the offensive line. I think. Oh, sorry, Phil. No, I was going to say, you got to remember it's pretty much a home game as well because. Philly sports strips are going to be taking about 15 million people across to the, <laughs> uh, the west coast and absolutely buying up the tickets for the from yeah. the SoFi Stadium. So, yet again, Eagles fans are going to be traveling in mass and it's going to be full of Kelly Green as we've seen in the, uh, the Tampa Bay game. Oh, shit, and, this uh, is the first Kelly Green game. This no, is no, the only no, Kelly no, Green. No, 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 no. no? no, no it's not. No, but it's just Sorry. obviously the hugely huge popularity for the Kelly Green release and the fact that every but every Eagles fan just is buying a Kelly Green, and that's just what everyone's wearing. So you're just yeah. going to see a, a shit ton of Kelly Green in SoFi Stadium, and that absolutely helps. I'm going to be a Debbie Downer for a make? second. I'm going to be a Debbie Downer for a second here, and 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 Cooper Cup and Nakua, they're both fit at the moment. I, I I'd say they're fairly on par with. Um, 
Devontae Smith and AJ Brown based on the production we've seen from what? No, 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 absolutely not. No, I'm not having that. Nope. Cooper Cup has been... Kua is not as good as Devontae Smith or AJ Brown. No fucking way. Did you hear the what I said? Is, the thing is, I don't care what you said. I don't care how much yards he's had and how many targets he's had this season. He's not as good as Devontae Smith. No, no chance. I'm not, I'm the not thing saying is, he's the as thing good is, as Devontae Smith. Can I, can I finish? Can I finish my point? All right, so, no, so I'm, I'm, I'm not... I'm, I'm not saying... Well, I tried to make it and I was interrupted four times. Right? Um, I, I'm, I'm throwing it out there that it, on form, Nakua and Cooper Cup has been a top one, two, three wide receiver for the last five years. He has finished higher than AJ Brown in nearly every season. So so I think Cooper Cup is, 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 in my opinion, a better than AJ Brown. Yes, correct. In my opinion, a fit Cooper Cup is better than a fit AJ Brown. Um, that's that's fine. You're allowed to not agree with that. And Nakua has had a better season so far than Devontae Smith. So you could make the argument that their wide receivers, if both fit, are on par with their wide receivers. Dallas Goddard has had a bad year so far. Tyler Higby has had a better year so far than Dallas Goddard. You could argue that on form, it's not too. Um, differential. I would say Swift is a much better running back than Kyron Williams. I think that Hertz is having a worse quarterback season so far than Stafford has so far this year. But overall, I think Hertz is the better quarterback. I think on the defensive line and offensive line, the Eagles kill them. And and I think that will be the trend. This is where we'll win the game. I think both offenses are very, very well stacked. Um, and I think it could be another close high-scoring game, but I think the Eagles win it in the trenches. I don't think it's as a foregone conclusion that we, we blow them out here. I think they're they're an offense that we should be relatively scared of, and their third-down defense is the um, second-best in the league, I believe. Or, sorry, it's the um, fourth-best in the league. Eighth-best in the league. So it's a, it's, no, no, it's the second-best in the league. Second. Yeah, yep. it is. It's the second-best in the league. So, you know, they're not to be sniffed around. We haven't even talked about their, their interior defensive linemen and, and their edge here. So they've got the young rookie linebacker defensive end, Byron Young, who was drafted this year. He's two sacks in the season already. Donald has 2.5 sacks in the season as well. Um, so, you know, overall, they're the ninth best defense in football and they have a decent offense. I don't want to get carried away here. I think this could be a trap game for the Birds. I don't think we outmatch them all over the field. I think we do in the trenches. But for me, that's probably about it. <laughs> you look defeated, man. Like you, we've got to get up for this game. Come on, I'm fine. Come, I'm come fine. on, I'm, man. I'm up for it. I'm, Who's I'm that fire in your belly? It. I'm looking for fucking killers. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. Like I think the Eagles are gonna win this game. I think the Eagles are gonna win this game, but. But 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 I, I it's not a foregone conclusion. I the Eagles have been better at every position in, in nearly every team they played so far this year. I think it's tighter on offense, uh, in, certainly in terms of weapons this weekend, based on what we've seen so far in the NFL this year. You cannot go on last season's performance. You have to go on form as well as last season's performance. Yeah, so we- far the Rams have been very, very bloody good. They're the second best pass offense in the NFL. They're the fourth best total offense in the NFL. The Eagles are the fifth best total offense in the NFL. They're the ninth best total defense in the L. We're the 16th best. If you average those out, they're better than us on offensive defense, but on average this year. 
Listen, up. Liam, Liam has just pulled a Rams jersey over his head um, as he predicts a Rams win tonight. Uh, well, we should probably get we should probably get to those predictions, shall we? Well, no, we've been doing the predictions on the sheet. I think well, maybe best keeping it to okay. to that, just in the interest of time as well. But oh. I, I, I do, I do appreciate your concerns, Liam, and in, in the way that the, you know the way the defense played in the last game against Washington, Washington, and we saw Sam Howell of all people carve up up defense, and you know. I understand you've got Matthew Stafford, you've got a guy like Puka Nakua, and it's, it's like death by a thousand cuts where we see that Sean Desai defence, much like the you know the disciple of Fangio and, and letting them take as many yards as we want to give them in soft coverage before the sticks. So I'm leaning the same way as you it, it, it will be won and lost in the trenches I think if we decide to turn up if and Fletcher Cox could be a massive part of this or maybe he won't be if he doesn't make the game and that we may see Jaylen increased Carter. increased reps from Jalen Carter and maybe it's, it's, it's Jalen Carter's well I know he's had a number of hello to the NFL game so far but this will really be in lights with us being the Sky game this week, by the way. Nine yeah. o'clock on Sky. Um, in front of uh, all the eyes uh, of uh, all the UK viewers, at least. <laughs> and uh, it will be a really interesting game. And, and Like you said, that the offensive line for the Rams isn't that great. And it's somewhere that we can expose... And the only team they've they've faced so far this year who have got a very good defensive line is the 49ers, and the 49ers beat them comfortably. And um, the Eagles, if the Eagles get to um, Stafford this week, and especially if um, Cooper Cup doesn't play, the Eagles could win pretty comfortably. I mean, it could go go both ways, for sure. All righty. I think that's enough for this episode's uh, this week's episode, I should say, of the British and Irish Eagles podcast. It's nice to be back. It's nice to be back on the airways. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. And um, it's nice to be back looking at you guys on a Thursday evening. Um, looking forward to this Sunday to um, watch, as I said, a bit of Red Zone and then watch our birds play the Rams. I'm expecting a win, but you'll have to look out for our tweet uh, to see what our predictions are. And also remember, if you are a British and Irish Eagles member, to get your predictions in to us as well. There are big prizes up for grabs, not least a bottle of Loch Lomond whiskey. We are three weeks away from going to Philadelphia for the Eagles-Dallas game. And um, we're very much looking forward to that. If you haven't heard about it already, uh, then you probably haven't been listening to this podcast. So I won't go into too much detail because we are fully booked now and we are ready to go and we cannot wait for it. All right, guys. Uh, Mick, Phil, thank you so much for this evening. Thank you for getting me back into normalization of this podcast. I've really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, thanks for listening in. We are the British and Irish Eagles. And uh, we love you.